Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. I want you to go in your Bibles today, if you would, please, to uh, Isaiah. Well, you know what? Let's go to Hebrews 12 first. Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 25, and then we're going to go to Isaiah 22. I uh, told you Friday night that I would be preaching on that. The uh, Lord just really dropped something in a sovereign way. And, and some of it's for this church, but some of it's just for the body of Christ as a whole. God said somebody's got to say it. Somebody's got to declare it. Somebody's got to prophesy it. And so I said, well, here I am, Lord. Send me in Jesus' name. And so Hebrews 12, we're going to begin reading in verse 25. And uh, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Whose voice then shook, everybody say shook. Whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised saying, I want you to know something. He said, now God has promised saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of things that are being shaken as of things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving, I want you to, I want you to hear that word clearly, receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. Now I want you to go over to Isaiah 22. Isaiah 22. <coughs> and uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 15 today. <clears throat> Thus says the Lord God of hosts. Go proceed to this steward, to Shebna, who is over the house, and say, What have you here? And whom have you here? That you have honed a scepter here, as he who hones himself a scepter on high, who carves out a tomb for himself in a rock. Indeed, the Lord will throw you away violently, O mighty man, and will surely seize you. He will surely turn violently and toss you like a ball into a large country. There you shall die, and there your glorious chariots shall be the shame of your master's house. Now listen clearly. So I will drive you out of your office and from your position and he will pull you down. Then it shall be in that day that I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, and clothe him with your robe and strengthen him with your belt. I will commit your responsibility into his hands. He shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah and the key of the house of David. I will lay on his shoulder so he shall be, watch this, so he shall open and no, no one shall shut and he shall shut and no man shall open. So uh, um, anyway, uh, uh, praise God. So uh, how many of you were here three, three weeks ago when I said the Lord spoke to me in prayer that morning to sow a seed, a door shutting seed? How many were here? And, and, and I, I declared that we've been hearing testimonies from that, what God has already began doing. But, uh, but and I brought that to you from Revelation, uh, uh, where the, when he speaks to the church of Philadelphia. And, but then when I was sitting uh, in my recliner the other night, I wasn't even in prayer. I got to be honest. I think I was eating some Christmas candy or something. Amen. Trying to stock up for this old fast coming, you know, and, uh, and, 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 uh, this thing came up in my spirit and Isaiah 22, because the year's 2022, Isaiah 22, 20 through 22. And I began to read it. And I told Lisa and Joshua, I said, listen, what the Lord is saying I am shutting the door 
on some stuff that needed to be closed off. And I am opening the door to some stuff that man has shut off, but I've told to come on forth into the kingdom. And I said, listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. So I'm just going to preach for the next few moments. If you will stay with me today, I'm, because there is a prophetic end. Uh, there's a prophetic word towards the end of this message that I have to release. Um, but I'm going to preach from the subject matter for just a moment. There's a change in the kingdom. There's a change in the kingdom. I'm going to say it one more time. There is a change in the kingdom. Uh, so, Father, today, thank you so much for confirming and then uh, affirming your word in this house today through your gifts. And I thank you, Lord. You didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway. And I thank you for that, Holy Spirit. I, you know how much I depend on you, how much I lean on you, how much I trust in you. So today, as I stand before your people it is my prayer, it is my heart's desire that you would grant me an apostolic anointing and a prophetic utterance to declare over the people of God in the earth that you are still the same God that you've always been and you will be the same God that you are today because nothing can change you. And so today I pray, grant us ears to hear, eyes to see and a heart to obey. Lord, I pray an anointing to be upon this house that'll make preaching easy and listening a delight now. In the name of Jesus, I pray pray that your spirit would move all over this place, oh God. And even across the airwaves as I preach the word of God, I ask spirit of God manifest in homes and manifest in workplaces and manifest in jail cells and manifest in vehicles and, and, and bring about what you desire to bring in the kingdom of God today. I ask this now in Jesus name, look upon my availability and not my ability today and let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven today in the name of Jesus and everybody that agrees I want you to give God a good amen hallelujah you may be seated in the presence of God today want to want to speak just for a moment from the subject there's a change in the kingdom and so I, I, I'm not going to take too much time I don't think in this time of introduction but I do want to bring about some I want to set it up so that you can uh, understand what the Lord is saying uh, because when God begins to speak a thing, the Bible says that his voice, everybody shout his voice, his voice shook the earth. Now listen, and he says, it's going to shake it once again. It's going to shake it once again. And this yet once more indicates the removal of things that are being shaken the removal of things that are being shaken as of the things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Now, sometimes we don't want to step, let me just speak for myself uh, personally, I don't want to go through a time of shaking sometimes. I, I'm just being honest. If folk can look at me crazy if you want to, but shaking times ain't always good times. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I, now, I would love to get up here and say, God, shake me. But I'm just saying, I, I'm just saying, Lord, if I need it, you know it. <laughs> I, I'm just careful about shouting stuff like that unless I really mean it because I know he hears me. And so but but shaking times, they're not always easy times. But but what I want you to understand is that shaking times are needed times. Because when God brings about a shaking in your life, what he is actually doing is he's causing the things that are not of him and from him to no longer be in him. Stay with me now. You're saying they can't be in Christ if they're not of him in it. You are in Christ. You are in Christ. And so what I'm trying to tell you is the shaking times are things that are removing things that are not of God and from God from you. And how many of you know that there's times where we can gravitate to or we can allow certain things to get in us? I'm not saying they're sins that are going to send you to hell. They just might be uh, uh, your own will that makes you want to go do stuff that God has not ordained you to do. 
And God says, okay, when I see things like this and I know the plan on your life and I know the power on your life and I know the call on your life and I know that what I've invested in your life is so great and I see, I see the, the end result that I'm not going to allow something that you don't even know should be in there to stay in there. So I allow there to be somewhat of a shaking on your life so that the things that you think can stand but can't stand will begin to be released from you so that all that is in you will be able to stand in the day of testing. It'll be able to stand in a day of a trial. It'll be able to stand in a day where you feel like giving up, but you don't quit because you've done walk through a season of shaking and what could not remain is no longer there. So sometimes we don't want to walk through those times. First John 2 19 says they went out from us. But they did not really belong to us for if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 that we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Notice that he did not say we have received. The Bible didn't say we have received and it did not say we're going to receive. It says we are receiving what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying every single day that you submit yourself to God, that you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Every single day, the Holy Ghost is implanting something inside of you that will cause you to stand when you should have fallen, that'll cause you to be able to have peace when you should have lost your mind, that'll cause you to be there when everybody else says you're going to leave. There is something that is being deposited inside of you that cannot be shaken. Everybody say, that's me right now. Watch this right now. It's something that he deposits in you on a daily basis that'll cause you not to stumble. Have you ever heard where everybody stumbles, the devil is a liar? Don't speak that over me. You speak that over you. Don't speak that over me. You don't have to do that. The devil is a liar. I, I, said, I said several months ago, the, church of the, the American church is so obsessed with forgiveness that they won't, remove, they won't turn around and move on to the further things of God. Praise God you've been saved. Praise God you've been cleansed by the blood. Praise God that your home's in eternity. Praise God you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. But brothers and sisters, let's go ahead and take the bottle out of our mouths and pick up a fork and a knife and say, can somebody serve some steak and potatoes? Praise God, but we got to move on from the elementary things. We got to move on. The apostle Paul said, I came and I done ordered up, I done ordered up a, a, the steakhouse to come in and bring, and, and, to, and to bring everybody a meal, but I had to send them on down the road and had to tell Mayfield to come in and bring some meal. He said, I done been gone for two or three years and y'all still sipping on the meal. He said, what has happened in this place? He said, you're so um, mesmerized by salvation that you can't dig into to something that I'm wanting to bring into your life. He said, so you got to move on from the elementary things. Put your neighbor and say, move on from the elementary things. He said, I've got to change some stuff in the kingdom. And I'm not talking about a kingdom being shaken and I'm not talking about a God changing. I'm saying something changing inside of us because what we don't realize is that for some time now we have glorified what should have been brought down and we have not I'm going to preach in this place and we brought down what should have been glorified. So we begin to exalt gifts. We begin to exalt gifts. And as we exalted gifts and talents, we don't even know what the anointing is anymore. And so somebody shouts amen and somebody dances and somebody falls out, but they go out with the same crack pipe and they go out cheating on their spouse and they go out, turn around and doing other crazy stuff. And God said, there's an anointing that is coming on the house of God. And now is that'll break every single yoke, that'll destroy every chain, that'll break every demon spirit, that'll cause peace in your home like never before. He said, but I got to shift something in this thing. 
He said, and when I begin to change it, he said, it's going to look a little different. It's going to sound a little different. He said, but what you got to understand is don't look at the wind and don't look at even the results of it. But look at what's breaking in your midst right now. Look at the wife that came home. Look at the husband that came home. Look at the prodigal that came home. Look at the people that have been baptized in the spirit. He said, you got to look at it. He said, and when you see these results, he said, you'll realize that I'm in your midst right here. And so, and so, you, so what I have been asking for the Lord to do, and it's one of my prayers over this next 21 days of prayer and fasting, I pray that it'll be your prayer. I, matter of fact, I ask you to pray it, is God reveal to me your covenant. Well, well, preacher, I already know everything about the covenant. You don't know everything about the covenant. You didn't give the covenant. Only God knows everything about the covenant. But if the church can ever get to a place of covenant living, covenant living, covenant believing, that when you realize, oh, I'm about to get in, not get in trouble, but I'm about to open up something, I don't know. But when you realize that when, when, when that when you drink of the cup of Jesus that, that, that you're not just doing some kind of ceremonial thing when you realize when you eat of the bread of Jesus that you're not just doing something of, re- of religious uh, some, some kind of religious uh, thing that you need to do but when you realize when you drink of the cup and you eat of the bread you're eating of him you're drinking of him and if I be in him and if he is in me then something is changing inside of me That means if he's in me and I'm in him, then that means that something is changing not only in me, but something's changing around me. That means when I sit before that table, the table of the Lord, and I eat of that bread and I drink of that cup, it's not just something I'm practicing. It's not just a time filler, but it's sitting here saying, oh God, you got, I need you to be more in me, and I want to be more in you because I realize that if I realize, God, that if you begin to do something different inside of me, you'll begin to do something different around me, and when something different happens around around me, I begin to transform my culture. So, so there's a, there's a change in the kingdom and you, you, so, so when God brings these shakings, uh, it's because I want to say this, it's because it removes what has removed him. Listen carefully. You might say, well, can't nobody remove God? Well, I, I, don't, I, I beg to differ. Have you been to some of these places? God ain't been in them in a long time. They still carry on with their same religious whatever is going on. Don't nobody get saved. We had a New Year's Eve service, had over 10 folk come down and get saved. That's when God's in the house. That's when God's doing something. That's when God's moving on the people. That's when God said, no, 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 you don't have to be this way anymore. You can change. And so, and so God brings the shaking because it removes what has removed him. What are you talking about? Sometimes people, churches, establishments, governments, organizations, etc., they start out with God. They start out with God in the front. Uh, they start out with Jesus being their number one desire. They start out with a, with a heart to have him first in all things. But when they begin to see their success and when they begin to see some popularity and when they begin to see some prosperity and the overwhelming blessing of the Lord, they start putting up the things first. Now they are too popular to give God some glory. Now they're too financially blessed to tithe. And now they're too big to allow God to move in their meetings. But before they know it, they've removed him and the place that he has had in their lives, their churches and their organizations and because they have removed him he allows a shaking to come that removes them or brings them back to the place where they left and this is where we're at now and this is where we're at right now the removing of things (laughs) the removing of things that 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 can be moved or that can be shaken so that the things that remain God said, I'm, I'm coming back for a remaining church. Uh, when you read Revelation, it doesn't, he doesn't say well, the, the, to, to the church that somehow exists. He says to the church that overcomes. 
He says to the church that overcomes. If it was not possible to overcome, he wouldn't have told us to do it. In John 16, I feel like preaching now. In John 16, he says, in this life, you will have some tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And the Bible says, as he is in heaven, so are we on the earth. If he had, you couldn't overcome, he wouldn't have never told you to overcome. He would have never told you to overcome. Yes, you can overcome. Hallelujah. And so God is removing these things. And so in church today, the Lord has me preaching this word because uh, this has been happening now almost for two years. It's been happening in the church. It's been happening in this nation. It's been happening in the government. But in 2022, listen carefully, you will see the manifest. You will see this manifest in its fullness. This brings us to our text today. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 22, he says, Shebna, you, you done got too big. The, the, the old school, you say you're too big for your britches. Now, I don't know if you know what britches are, but britches are your pants. They, you can't look that up in the dictionary. It does not exist. But you done got too big for your britches. Uh, that just was a way of saying that, you know, you, you, you think you brought you here <laughs> and, and your mom and daddies used to say, I brought you into this world and I can take you out of this world. I, you, 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 when you get too big for your britches, you just, you think you put you there and you think you blessed you to that place and you think you gave you that job and you think you gave you those children and you think you gave you that marriage and you think you gave you that health and you think you, you gave you that sound mind and you think you gave you that revelation. And you think you put those people around you and you think you gave you that church and you gave you that ministry and you gave you that business. And God says, Shebna, you don't got too big for your britches now. I got to shake something so that you understand that I am the same God that gave it to you back then. And I'm the same God that'll give it to you now. So. So you're about to see this start to happen in 2022 here. You're, it's been happening, but you're going to see the manifest of it, the fullness of it. That God, God sends this prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, and he says, go and tell Shebna. You tell him, Shebna, you didn't give me glory. You did, not, you did not exalt me. You've done turn around and, and, and give it all for yourself. He said, so go and tell him that I've done look past him. I done looked around him and I done found somebody by, I feel like preaching now. I done found somebody that I'm calling my servant that'll give me glory, that'll give me praise, that'll give me honor, that'll give me worship. I ain't got to beg him for it. I ain't got to coerce them into it. I'm going to preach. I wish I had a dollar. I'd give myself an offering. I'm not gonna, I ain't got to ask them. I ain't got to turn around and coerce them. They'll give it to me regardless of what season they're in, regardless of what they're facing, regardless of what they're feeling, regardless of what folks say about them, regardless of who's saying it, regardless if people are coming against them. I have looked beyond you Shebna and I have found somebody that's called my servant. This is what you're about to see. This is what you're about to see. Hallelujah. His word shaking the house of Israel along with the house of Judah. Shaking it. And God looks down on the king of Judah and he's he sees what others may not see. I, I can't tell you the amount of times that I looked around and wondered why God was doing this and removing that. And, but he heard what they said when I wasn't around. He saw what they did when I wasn't around, Jordan. And he said, you think they're for you, but they're really against you. And you got to why I feel like preaching now. You got to walk through some stuff that's uncertain and it's going to feel and it's going to hurt. But when you get on the other side, I'll surround you with some folk that'll fight with you and for you and keep you lifted up. He said, I heard them when you couldn't listen. 
I saw it when you couldn't see it. He said, and when, when that's what he was talking about, Shebna. Shebna thought he was slick. And he was in the, everybody say the king's house. The Bible says he was the top man in the king's house. But Shebna wasn't for the king and he wasn't for God. And God said, you think you, you really, who do you think you are? You think I can't hear you in your closet? You think I don't see what you're doing? You see, you think I can't get around you? Shebna, I'm judging you. And I'm about to raise somebody up in your place. Uh, so I'm going to give you one point today and we're going. Y'all ready? This will be the year that the spirit of Shebna will be judged and evicted from the king's house. Somebody say Shebna. Got to go. This will be the year that God is going to evict. Going to make Shebna, the spirit of Shebna homeless because you held a position and you would not give me the glory. You held an authority and you would not praise me. And you held a place of high honor, but you would not worship me. So I got to get you out of the way because I refuse to share my glory with anybody. He said, I'm going to call my servant Eliakim. God is calling the humble. God is calling the humble. Who is it on the phone? Is God calling the humble and removing the proud at the same time? At the same time, he's saying this ain't your seat anymore, and this is your seat now. I thank God that he's doing it. Because if he didn't do this, you would have to ask man for your blessing. You would have to ask man for your promotion. You would have to ask man for your anointing. You would have to ask man for your call. You would have to ask man for authority. You would have to ask man for a prophetic anointing. But God said, I ain't got to ask man. I'll turn around, remove the proud, and place the humble at the same time. And what is happening in 2022, God said, you've been proud long enough. You've been arrogant long enough. You had your mouth on people long enough. Get out of the way and let somebody sit in a seat. Y'all give God a praise for five seconds. Then let me let me give you just a little bit of, uh, of, of uh, let me expose the scriptures, not expose, but bring some, uh, just exposit this thing, if I can use that word for a minute. Uh, Shebna was the top servant in the king's house. He was given a title and position that was of high honor, high respect. The problem was that he used his high honor and respect to glorify himself and not God. He used the position that God gave him, the position God placed him in to exalt himself and his position rather than exalting God himself. If that was not enough, he refused to believe the word of the Lord that was delivered through the prophet Isaiah. The prophet came to him and said, God is allowing his people to go into exile because of their, their disobedience. He said, I don't believe it. Furthermore, this is what the prophet said. He said, y'all going into exile and you're going to, and, and there's a generation that's going to die there. He says, I don't believe it. And to prove you, to prove the prophets wrong, I'm going to build my own tomb right here in Jerusalem. And I'll, I will be buried in that place to prove that the prophets have not heard from the Lord and I have heard from the Lord. And this is what God tells him. Oh, help me out, Holy Ghost. This is what God tells him in verse 16. If you read it in the New Living Translation, Translation, you'll get a better understanding. He said, who do you think you are? <laughs> and, 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 and Shebna 
what is it that you have here? You've done built yourself a tomb. So you think that the word of the Lord is not applying to you. And you think, see, this is a message for the body of Christ. It might not be for you. And if it ain't for you, you just clap while it's being sent out there. But I'm telling you, this is a, this is a message for the body of Christ. Because the prophets have come and they have said, A, B, and C. And they say, no, nah, I'll prove you wrong. Matter of fact, I'm going to prove that you are wrong. I'm going to build a bigger building. And I'm going to get me some more property. So hear the word of the Lord. Where's your building at now? And who's sitting in your building right now? And who's got a voice right now? And whose influence do you have right now? It has been stripped from you, Shemna. And he is raising up another generation that'll give him glory, that'll give him praise, that'll give him honor, that'll give him worship, that'll shout for him. He said, I'll drive you out of your office. And from your position, I'll pull you down. Over the past two years, there's been times of testing on the body of Christ. It has been a shaking in the body of Christ. In this time, God watched to see who would stand up for his great name in the earth. There were people in ministries that have been given great honor and positions in the king's house. Talking about the body of Christ. Uh, There were were ministries and people who God, man didn't elevate them. God elevated these men. God elevated these women. God elevated these ministries. And he elevated them in the earth. But when it came time to glorify him, to show him honor and to stand up for his name, to declare his power in the earth, they didn't do it. But they bowed to the pressure of culture, politics, and fame. And And he said he gave them the top positions in his house. He gave them the highest honor in his house. He gave them great influence in his house. But now instead of glorifying him, they use their influence to point, watch this. They used their influence not to point to him, but they used it to strengthen their allies with the world and wicked people. They used it to build themselves up and to try to be popular with the people who hate the God that they serve. He... The prophet came to Jehoshaphat when he, when he teamed up with Ahab and he said, man, what you doing? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He said, is it right that you team up with those who hate God? Well, preacher, I, I, I thought we were supposed to, you know, love the lost. Let me, can I tell you something? There is a difference. Here we go now. <laughs> there is a difference between somebody who is lost and somebody who is wicked. There is a difference between somebody who is bound by crack and somebody who has made it their ultimate goal to resist the church. There is a difference between the man who is bound by alcohol and the person that has made it their top goal to make sure you can kill a baby anytime you want. There is a difference between the person that is rich and prideful or poor and prideful, whatever you want to say, and the person that has made it their goal to make sure traditional marriage is no longer existent. I'm going to say it until I kick it out of here. There is a difference between the person that is out there, that's out there, uh, 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 I got to keep that G rated, Um, selling themselves to provide for themselves. I'm not justifying it. Hear me now. I ain't justifying none of this. But there's a difference between that and the person that is sitting out there that wants to make sure the church doesn't have a voice and has made it their ultimate goal in life to make sure the the church cannot speak up and preach the truth. There is a difference. One is called lost and the other is called wicked. Both are going to hell. But I'm going to tell you right now, God said reach out to the lost, but he said judge the wicked. And this is where the church is failing to draw the line. This is it. He said, you reach out to the lost. 
He said, but those who turn themselves against me don't, don't have nothing to do with them. And Shebna was somebody that turned himself against God. Said, ah, I'm arrogant. I, I put myself in this position. So hear what the Lord says. He says, I am driving you out of office. And from your positions, I'm pulling you down. I am evicting the spirit of Shebna from my house and I will pull you down. I am going to raise up the Eliakims in my house. These are people. These are my servants and give honor and glory and praise to me. These are the ones that have kept, I have kept for my name's sake. Elijah, I know you think you are the only one left, but I got 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to Baal. I believe God is saying over this new year, watch and see what I will do in the earth over the next 24 months. It will be what eyes have not seen and what ears have not heard. I have seen the pride and the arrogance in my house. I have seen the embracing of worldliness which makes me sick. Well, I don't think God would speak like that. It's because you have not read your Bible and you keep listening to hipster theologians that think that God is not the same that he used to be. Can I tell you, you ain't changed him. You can't change him and ain't nothing that ever will be able to change him. He said, you either be hot or cold, or, but if you're lukewarm, I'm spewing you out of my mouth. You make me sick. He said, I have heard the wisdom of man and science exalted over my wisdom and the power of my word. I have heard the words of fear and timidity spoken from my pulpits of my house and they declared it as my word. I have seen those whom I have raised up and I gave them great influence and they have made agreements and secret covenants with those who hate me and my holiness. I have I put you there. Listen up, America. Listen up preachers all over the world I put you there that you might teach my people the difference between that which is holy and that which is unholy and that you may proclaim my name and my power in the days of distress and darkness that I might have mercy that I might have mercy on this nation and my people but you refused and when the prophets came and spoke the word of the Lord you did not listen and then you built for yourselves even a greater ministry and you called it the workings of my hand but hear the word of the Lord where are your buildings now and who do you have to sit in them now Where is your influence now? And who will listen to your voice? Where is your position now? And what authority do you have? For even without you knowing it, it has been stripped from you and given over to a new generation of warriors. This is why God had to confirm this word three different times before I preached it. Because I, he, he knew some of you was going to be choking on it. He knew America was going to choke on it. But he confirmed it. Three out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let a thing be established. For just as I did with Saul and David. And just as I did with Shebna and Eliakim. So I am doing now with the kingdom people. The people who will look at the furnace and not bow to it. The people who will hear the threats of the Pharisees and keep preaching. The people who will see the armies of hell and praise me until I show up and give them the victory anyway. I am. Somebody say the Lord is. I am removing the spirit of Shebna from my house. I am raising up the Eliakims. The one whose top priority is to serve me. The ones whom I have hidden so that they were not defiled by the lie and the glamour of the world but while the Shebnas while the Shebnas were concerned about being famous the Eliakims were building their faith and while the Shebnas were parading in their glamour the Eliakims were learning how to give me glory and while the Shebnas viewed themselves as giants the Eliakims were training to kill giants
So today, I declare over this house and the body of Christ who will listen that this is a time when God is raising up the nobodies to become somebody, to go and reach everybody, to fear nobody, and to build and edify one body. Hallelujah. And his body is edified. And when his body is edified, we know that he will be glorified. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw them all unto myself. I said, oh Lord, are you sure I'm the one to say it? <laughs> he said, if not you, I'll get somebody else. But I'm done with the spirit of Shebna. Done. He said, and there's a change coming in the kingdom. He said, Eliakim's. We was at a conference, me and Pastor Andy. They said, why ain't I ever heard of you? I said, I've been hiding in the cave, son. I said, I've been hiding in caves. And God calls me out to kill giants and then I go back in. Because I don't need the pictures, I don't need the lights, I don't need the fame, and I don't need the glamour. Last time I checked, Goliath wasn't scared of somebody's picture. Last time I checked, Goliath didn't ask how many folk you had in your church. Last time I checked, he didn't know. He didn't want to know whether you had doctor behind your name, PhD, and, and masters, or whatever. He didn't want to know none of that. He wanted to know: Are you the same person? Are you the same person that kept living for Jesus? When I kept attacking you, when I kept trying to strip you, when I kept trying to bring depression on you, when I turned around and told you your, your sons and daughters are going to die and go to hell, are you the same person that when you would walk home every evening or when you would come home every evening, your spouse said, why don't you leave? And instead of you leaving, you went in there and got in your prayer closet and called heaven down and broke every stronghold and told that divorced devil, you got to get out of my house. Are you the same person that when I tempted you with dope? And when I tempted you with money, and when I tempted you with all kinds of positions, you looked at it and said, ain't none of that matter anything to me. I'm going to serve the Lord, and I'm here to take your head off Goliath. Are you that same person? That's all Goliath's asking. Are you that same person that would go in your prayer closets? And would fast when nobody told you to and pray when nobody told you to and sow when nobody told you to and love folk that hated you and hate evil when I told you to hate evil. Are you that same person? Because if you are, I know I'm already defeated. Or can I buy an alliance with you? That's what the giants of the earth are asking. I don't care if you preach. Just let me take your anointing. Let me buy an alliance with you. Don't call nothing out. Mm -mm. You're going to upset folk. Don't say this. Uh-uh. This is what the Lord had, and then I'm done. This is what one of the issues God had with the priest. You see it in Isaiah. You see it in Ezekiel. You see it in Jeremiah. Priest, I, I taught you the difference between holy and unholy. But when it came time for you to teach others, you wouldn't do it because they bought you. And he said, so therefore I am judging you. Because I put it under your responsibility to tell them what was holy and what was unholy. And you didn't do it. And I said, God, that ain't going to be me. It might just be us four no more. But I'm going to get up here and declare what's holy and what ain't holy. Hallelujah. 
I'm going to get up here and declare what's holy, what, what ain't holy. And I'm not going to join myself with Ahab. And I'm not going to link up with the spirit of Shebna. I said, God, I, I, you know, sometimes you just wonder. Come on, just play something a little soft for me, if you would, Trey, so I can dismiss the people today. But I said, God, don't ever let me get like that. I, I don't want to be that way. God's done blessed me so much. I, got, I, I, can't, I can't even count all my blessings. I don't need nothing. I'm probably the hardest person to buy a present for. Because I don't need nothing. I'm serious. I got about everything I want. And it just keeps on coming in. But my prayer is, Lord, don't never let me forget. Don't never let me forget how you brought me into this thing. The overlooked one. The one that didn't have an education to, to, to meet the requirements. The one that had no experience. Church has 120 people and they're going to hire a pastor don't have no experience. <laughs> had no experience. No staff experience. They looked back on my record and all they could see was a a lion that had died, a bear that had died, and a giant that I was going to kill. I said, God, don't ever let me forget about that. Because if you forget about where God brought you from, you'll, you'll start taking on Shebna. Before you know it, you'll look at folk that used to be like you and you'll be like, what are they doing? Why are they here? They some hypocrites. Well, I remember when some of you were hypocrites. God, don't ever let me forget where you brought me from. Lord, let me be patient so I can be the right person at the right place at the right time with the right anointing. Because if you can get those four lined up right there, you'll never be stagnant. Got to progress you every day of your life. Right person, right place, right time with the right anointing. And you're going to see this year. I didn't plan on this to be so much of a prophetic driven word, but God was speaking to me when I, when I started it. In the middle of it, an anointing came on me and God said, I tell the body of Christ what I'm about to tell you. So that they do, so they're not alarmed when folk end up losing their buildings. God's done. They put 20,000 in it and wouldn't give him glory. I'm not against big churches. I want one. I want to reach as many people as I can. I, I want to have the first church in America has over a million people. So I'm not against a big church. So it ain't, there ain't no hate here. But when you turn around and take what God has given you and you won't give him glory for it. And you're too big to let the gifts move. And you're too big to lay hands on folk. And you're too big to go see about people. And you're too big to love people. Too big to care about people. Too big to stand up and preach a message even though we're two hours and 24 minutes in. God said, wait a minute. Are you an Eliakim or are you a Shebna? And this year, you're going to see the Eliakims come to the forefront. Folk going to be like, I, don't, I ain't never even heard these people. Who are they? There's a reason. Look at your name and say, there's a reason. Come on, tell them there's a reason why you were hid. There's a reason why you were hid. Because God knew if you got brought out prematurely, you couldn't handle it. If you got brought out when you needed somebody or something else that they could pay for it, 
So he waited until you didn't need nothing else and you didn't have to have nobody else. And he said, now come on out. Because I can't afford for you to be bought by Goliath. I'm taking the Shebna's out of my house. Come on and stand up all over this place. Father, I thank you for your word today. God, I did my best to preach it under fear and trembling. Because though I preach a word like this, I know that it's only by your grace, God, that you can keep me. Father, I humble myself today in front of all these people in your presence. I humble myself and express my need for you, God. I need you every day, God. I didn't, bring, I didn't, I didn't build myself I didn't bring myself here and I can't take myself there. So I express in front of you and all these people and all the people watching today, God, I need you. Like the air I breathe, God. Without you, I'm nothing, Father. But I thank you. I got a bright future ahead of me. (laughs) I thank you that my best days are yet to come. They're not behind me, but they're waiting on me, God. I thank you for this today. And I give you praise for this today, Father. I give you glory for this. Now, Lord, today, if there's anybody in this place, any of us that's struggling with pride and arrogance, or maybe, God, we didn't even know it, but we done opened the door to some of it. Spirit of the Lord, have mercy. Let us humble ourselves. Let us submit ourselves. Let us repent of it. Because your word says that That if we repent of it, you're faithful and just to forgive us of it. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness today. So today in the name of Jesus, I pray. Holy Spirit, do this now. And let us be a house in the last days that's full of Eliakims. People that say, if God didn't bring me here, I wouldn't have got here. And if God didn't keep me here, I wouldn't have been able to be kept. Father, today, let a humility, not a false humility, a biblical humility, blanket us as Abundant Life Church Ministries. So does somebody ever ask, how is it that you're so blessed? All we can say is the Lord is good. How is it that your family still saved? The Lord is good. How is it that you still got your health and your mind? The Lord is good. How is it that your ministry is exploding and growing in a time like this? The Lord is good. Let us deflect all praise to you, God. And let our hearts remain humble. In the name of Jesus, I pray today. Across this place, I just want, can I have five more minutes of your time? We're going to do a baptism, but, but can I do five? If you matter of fact, if you're being water baptized, go ahead and, and exit the sanctuary reverently. The rest of you, lift your hands just for a moment. I just want five minutes more of your time. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord in humility. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord in this, and worship him in spirit and in truth today. And just al- allow his presence. Maybe there's a place in your life where you didn't even know it, but while I was preaching today, pride just kind of snuck up and God revealed it to you this is a great time right there in your seat to say Lord forgive me forgive me Jesus hey you ain't listen let me tell you something you ain't above it I've had to do it and everybody's had to do it God forgive me God forgive me and don't let no pride take root in my heart because the Bible says that he gives grace to the humble but he resists the proud and I don't know about you, but I want to I wanna be in a place where he's always saying, come on near, son. Come on closer. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.